I'm Tom. I'm Stephanie. This is a podcast about what bonds people and places together. Or as we like to call it, food glue. Sometimes my um, uh, ability to take banter is impacted by how the rest of my day has gone. That's very true. I can understand that. Yeah. Depends how broken you are already. (laughs) (laughs) How much abuse you've had by 7pm means you can take less or more banter. Sounds like you have a really horrible life, Stephanie. I remember I work in a male-dominated environment, so there can be a lot of banter going on in my, uh, in my day-to-day, okay. my day-to-day work. Yeah, I get a bit like that. Sometimes I forget. I've been out with my friends, and I start giving Joe banter. She looks upset. I'm like, "What's the problem? You're being really mean." I'm, <laughs> I'm not being mean. This is it's perfectly normal in a male-male environment that you're just mean to each other. Yeah, and it's just whatever. And to make this topical, I think it's all right to be mean to each other when you're face to face and you're smiling and you know it's banter. Putting it in a national newspaper. Not appropriate. No, that was definitely not banter. No. <clears throat> that was abuse. Abuse and too far. And, and somebody then, should have stepped in before it made it into print. There must have been many levels of editorial policy before. Yeah, uh, who were probably went to press. who were probably all white middle aged men, and that's how it got through. Pale, male, and stale. Oh, I've got some sass on. I feel like <laughs> I need to click my fingers. We're let's, back. let's roll that sass. Roll the sass. Well, we're back in the studio today. Whoop, whoop. Running up to Christmas. Oh, I should have worn my antlers. I've got them in the car. I'll, I'll visualise them. Yeah, you can all pretend I've got antlers on. What are you? If we're visualising, we can pretend that Tom's got a Santa hat on as well. Can I have an elf hat? Oh, yeah, you can have an elf hat with, with the big ears. The little ears. Yeah. Yeah, big ears. <laughs> so what's your question, Stephanie? I feel like that could be a jingle. What's your, your question, question, Stephanie? Um, my question is... The Christmas meal is over. You're thinking about something sweet to finish the meal off. Christmas pudding or Christmas cake, what are you having? Christmas pudding. Oh, quick fire answer that one. Just was. like that. No hesitation. Tell me gonna, more. I was going to cover this off later with our kind of Christmas tradition segment, but let's go with it now. Okay, great. <clears throat> so I thought this was completely normal until I got and met, some, par- met some partners and they were like, that's really weird. So in the Hibbard family, it is tradition... To have Christmas pudding mm-hmm. with brandy butter yes. and lemon jelly. <laughs> what? Jelly? Yep. Lemon jelly. So imagine you've got, you got super rich. It's like a trifle. Do you layer it up? No, you just have it on the side. Because I can see if you put it in like a bowl with the Christmas pudding and then some jelly and then the brandy butter, that's like a little ad hoc trifle. No, so you have it, um, you have it in, a little, in a little dish by itself and you add it to your plate... So it's, imagine Have you, you asked where this came from? It's really weird. I don't know, but it's my, my it just every when we went to Christmas dinner at my grandparents when I was little. Yeah. There was always lemon jelly on the table. Did somebody not like Christmas pudding? Maybe, and so the jelly was. For no, them. you have it with the Christmas pudding, and it's got to be absolutely naff, like round trees, yeah. standard yellow. Does it cut through it all quite nicely? Yes. So this is the point. I think Christmas can be very rich. Yeah. Christmas pudding's incredibly rich. Yeah. It's got brandy on it, and it's been set on fire, and all that sort of fun stuff. And then, and you have brandy butter with it as well, which is also rich. Love brandy butter. And the lemon jelly, and it's got to be, we're not talking artisan, nice, you know, (laughs) five-star Michelin, champagne and lemon jelly. We're talking round trees lemon jelly. Nice. And it just cuts through all that, all that richness and all that buttery stuff. I get it. I think I would maybe prefer like a bit of lemon posset or something. I just think texturally the jelly 
freaks me out a bit. And I wonder, I'm now you're getting me thinking, I'm wondering if this is like one Christmas, four extra people turned up, there wasn't enough Christmas pudding, what have we got in the cupboard, some jelly? Oh, actually, no, this is a thing. I have asked my dad about this because it was his parents and he said, no, it's just always, has always been lemon jelly on the table at Christmas with Christmas pud. Wow. Okay, so I also have something odd on my Christmas pudding table. Um, so my choice would be Christmas cake. I actually love both, so I'm kind of fine. But I love the process of making my Christmas cake and I started making mine in October. So I baked it off in October and I've been feeding it this year with some coffee liqueur that my friend Gadget got for me. Um, so it should have some like coffee undertones. Um, roasty and malty, hopefully. And I will serve mine on Christmas Day or any other day for that matter with some Stilton. Because Christmas cake without cheese is like a kiss without a squeeze. <laughs> I said that in my best radio voice. Best, best radio voice. And if you've not tried it, it is the entry level drug for blue cheese, honestly. Blue cheese and Christmas cake is incredible. It's a bit like having it with um, some sweeter chutney on a cheese board, but it really is delicious and it's like a new mommy fa- flavour bomb. I can't recommend it enough. It also got my other half into blue cheese. Um, He'll quite happily try it now because that's the first time he had it. It also works well. You can adapt it for your local region. You know, if you're down in the West Country, have it with a really mature, almost crumbly cheddar. Any, you know, just mix it up, see what happens. Kind of a Wensleydale. Yeah, as long as it's a really dry one. Yeah, very, very dry Wensleydale. A good priced Wensleydale. If it's a cheap one, it won't work. Or like a Wensleydale with fruit in, nah, not going to work. That's very Yorkshire cheese Mm. Cheese and cake. Mm. Oh, I want some now. I actually always get halfway through January and is the Christmas cake runs out and I make another fruit cake because is the I get... coffee vibe going to work with fruit, with it? With the... I'm hoping it's not going to taste like coffee. I'm hoping adding the coffee liqueur is going to add those, like, roasty, dark, malty kind of flavours into the cake. But, yeah, you're right. If it's too coffee-flavoured, it's not going to work with the cheese. Then I have to make another fruit cake. My granny used to do a very similar thing, but she started, I think she just made hers in, like, july and then fed it brandy yeah. for like five months yeah and because i mean the other alternative is to feed it tea if you're worried about the booze with younger members but to be honest you get like four tablespoons in in four months or so it's, it's how would you go about feeding your cake so i'm i make my cake and then i put it in my nice tupperware plasticky cake box i leave i turn it out upside down leave the um greaseproof paper and then turn it again so the grease paper papers in the bottom in the cake box and the top I then cover in foil. Mm-hmm. I then prick it the first time and then I sort of half spoon the liqueur over and half brush it around. I need a new brush though because my brushes, I don't think you're supposed to dishwasher them. And it's like every time I brush the cake, I have to pick bits of brush off the cake. So, yeah, I kind of spoon a bit of liqueur over and then brush it in and just let it sink in, recover it with foil, put it back away in the cupboard for a week. And I do that every, that's my like Sunday thing is to do couple of tablespoons of liqueur on the top and i love that there's always one sunday at the end of october where the weather's a bit naff and you just want to hibernate and that's always my like cooking off day a big shout out as well to madhouse nut center which are based in um the market in victoria center it's an indoor market but they're also on facebook and you can message them and if you've got an order over 15 or 20 pounds they'll deliver it to you and i get all my nuts and seeds and fruit loose from them and they come in paper bags and so I did a big order from them to do my Christmas cake um so it's a nice way they do sugar and flour and all the dry stuff so you can get like everything in 
one go delivered to your door, which is nice. Well, there you go. Mm. So we've got straight on to pudding. Do we need to start again from the top on Christmas traditions? Well, let's go straight into Christmas traditions and maybe not go directly food related with this as well. This can be because I think what's interesting is I kind of touched on it earlier is you think when you're a kid growing up, you think everyone's Christmas must be just Mm. like the Christmas that I have. And obviously we're both in very lucky, privileged positions and we have nice, you know, nice lives and nice houses. And I totally understand that some people don't. But we'll go back to kind of our Christmas traditions, I think, as a, as kids, because I always find it fascinating how different families do different things and mm. how it was all handled. So what happened when you woke up when you were a little and... Uh, Bucks Fizz. Bucks at, Fizz at and five? breakfast. I don't remember waking up that. I'm an only <laughs> child as well, so it's not like... There wasn't that kind of, like, excitement of other people bouncing on your bed or whatever. Um, so normally it would be those croissants in a can... Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So I'd help mum do those and we'd, or even dad sometimes, and we'd put together like a tray with box fizz, which of course mine would be like 90% orange juice, little little, little yeah. shot of some fizz just to make it fizzy. Ooh, My parents would have it, have it the other way. And then we'd have the <laughs> croissants in a can because there's always six. So between, because there's three of us, uh, okay. it's perfect. You get two each. Um, and then we'd all like sit on the bed and I'd maybe get to open my stocking in the morning. So you had to wait to open your stocking. So the difference yeah. there is... It lived it lived in the living room. It didn't live at the end of my bed. Uh, I was got delivered by Santa Claus. Oh, uh, of course. And then um, you were very asleep, of course, when Santa Claus woke, when were delivered it. <laughs> and then you didn't open it immediately after Santa Claus left the room. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but they, you know, that was the way. But also Bucks Fizz. Yeah. Once we were the same thing. Don't now we, I think that's such a travesty. I'm like, what, why would I put orange juice in it? Well, it depends. You're not putting it in vintage champagne, are you? No. Sparkling white wine. Yeah, you buy some sparkling wine for bucks. Um, and then it was smoked salmon scrambled eggs, mm. which at the time was a big luxury. Mm, now absolutely. it's pretty much my standard breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I should have offered you some smoked salmon this morning. Yeah, Tom. Tom's made me breakfast this morning, which is very nice, but there was nothing like smoked salmon on offer. For my taste, Tom, I would have much preferred smoked <laughs> touch salmon. Of, touch of smoked salmon. Um, so we'd already done wow. that. And then we'd generally, would you stay at home? Did you generally stay at home? Yeah, you know, only child. We'd always get a Christmas Day board game. Okay. So I'd be like reading the rules, swatting up. Mum would be <laughs> cooking um, or I'd just be, you know, watching cartoons i don't really now we always get out on christmas day but Mm. i don't really remember doing it as a kid but maybe that's because my memory is shadowed by whatever i was opening or whatever excitement else was happening on the day i remember for weeks beforehand or maybe a week beforehand having the radio times and circling everything i wanted to watch on christmas day so i wonder if that was maybe my thing is i'd be going through my radio time schedule very organized yeah um we would drive to my dad's parents, mm-hmm. so granny country, because mm-hmm. guess what? She lived in the country. <laughs> there was also a grandpa oh, country. Oh, you mean you called her granny country? Yeah, it was granny country, oh. granny country and granny Wales. Oh, cute. <laughs> For both those reasons. They both lived off the M4. Um, so, that, yeah, so the M4, Christmas yeah. Day, to grannies. Or we may go down Christmas Eve, but generally we drove down Christmas Day. Yeah. Pretty early, so it was like up, breakfast, yeah. packing everything in the car, yeah. Leg it to Granny Countries. Yeah. Um, which is all very lovely. Mm. 
And then everyone could relax a bit once we'd finally got there. And you do Christmas dinner there? Do Christmas dinner there. Um, right. Now, one thing I've also learned is people did do presents very differently as to how they open their presents. Mm. So we would do present postman and we would go from oldest to youngest. Yeah. With the kids being the postman with the presents from under the tree. So do one at a time. Yeah, we didn't call it that, but we did similar. So, like, mum would open one, dad would open one, I'd open one, mum would open one, dad would... I'd open two, probably, because I had more, and it would go round like that. Some people would. After lunch, though, for us. After lunch, we'd do pre... Oh, you have to wait. Or I might get a couple before lunch, and then lunch, and then, you know, like, main course, and then we'd do the present opening and then pudding after. I'm an only child, remember, we've got to drag it out. That's... We've got to drag the Christmas things out. I see. So, we, we would do the whole thing. But then I was at someone else's house once and they opened them all at once. I don't understand that. I don't even... Un- yeah, the Liam's family are like that. Everybody just starts opening and I'm like, what's going on? We can't see what everybody's getting. You can't say thank you. You can't go, Ooh, oh yeah. what a lovely pair of socks. Ooh. Same with roast dinner at Liam's house. It was like a plague of locusts. OK, so, so we've done presents. Yeah. Your presents are spread out amongst the day. Yeah. What did young Stephanie's Christmas dinner look like? <laughs> Prawn cocktail. <laughs> Which I'd never understand because my mum doesn't really eat fish. But she'd always do prawn cocktail. I love prawn cocktail. Then, um, actually, we often didn't have a Christmas dinner. We'd have something we really wanted, but not Christmas dinner. Because, again, there's only three of us. Right. Actually, making mm. a whole roast with, like, 20 sides was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, 20 is an exaggeration. Probably eight most people have. So we'd often have, like, a nice joint and a couple of veg... And if, like maybe my mum would make a fancy potato, like a um, potato dough from Wars or something similar. But it wasn't like I think you know. It's I get it why my mum didn't want to, and I wouldn't have wanted her to spend all day making gazillion different dishes for the three of us. It would have been excessive. <clears throat> so Granny did go full on. How many of you were there? Did Six. You... Okay. So Granny, Grandpa. Mum, mum dad, number. me and my brother. So fine. We sat around the around the table. My granny would go full on traditional turkey, good turkey, proper turkey, um, <clears throat> pigs and blankets, stuffing, yeah. roasties, parsnips, honey carrots. Yeah, nice. Sprouts. Ugh, I hate sprouts, but they were my granddad's sprouts, so they weren't awful. So at least they were at least fairly sweat. Yeah, because they were fresh out the uh, pretty soil. Pretty much cut that morning out of the... Oh. It's how you cook them. I'm going to fry mine this year. Well, I, I just can't stand them. I'm going to cook them in half and fry them. I'm pretty sure. But they, but, you know, this is very traditional. So these were like straight up boiled. And knowing Granny, they probably went on at nine and came out at about one. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. We ended up buying her a steamer. Oh, we? yeah. My and, parents and, and, have got one. And my dad said, I will do the veg. Yeah. So the, the veg wasn't touched until yeah. Granny Granny did everything. She, roasties were amazing because she used lard. You know, they were just mm. like they were, you could like drop them and they would shatter. They were absolutely oh, stunning. Yeah, you know, just really good at that and really good at roasting a bird. Really good at pigs and blankets and stuffing. Made her own. Made her own like four different types of stuffing. You know, lunatic. And the roasties were amazing, as were the parsnips. Mm. But like, yeah, like you, you kind of standard veg. You, you want. Fresh, yeah. No, it would boil to death. Very, very, very traditional cook. So we bought a that steam. smell. You get that yeah. smell in the kitchen. <clears throat> walk into the cabbage you've been on for five yeah. hours already, because Granddad loved cabbage. So oh, where was his cabbage again? You're making me feel guilty now because now I'm thinking. Actually, I remember all of these things. My mum definitely did a traditional roast some years, but I think she maybe alternated it a bit. Yeah. Um, and then it was general veg out. 
Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Condiments. Condiments. Ah, very good point. Bread sauce. <laughs> yes. Love a bread sauce. Okay, because I love bread sauce and I have, and that's why I suddenly thought actually mum definitely did roast because bread sauce is my thing. My other half is like, what's wrong with you? What is this gloop? Why are we having it? Love bread so sauce. I've had to buy myself a little pre-made tub this year so that I can get my bread sauce fix. I'm sure Granny used to like save the stale breadcrumbs. Yeah, and I've made it before. All this sort of stuff. You need like stale breadcrumbs and and sage. It's nice and... to make if, if other people are going to eat it, but when it was just going to be me and I've got enough on on Christmas yeah. Day, I thought I'm just going to buy a little tub. Bread sauce, stuffing. Gravy. Gravy. Cranberry sauce. Yeah, cranberry sauce. Probably again made by her at some point during the year. I haven't got cranberry sauce this year because I have made my own chutney and so I thought I'd pop that on the table as like a mm. condiment. Yorkshire pudding? No. No, me neither. No. But she would do if we were having beef, but this would, would always have turkey. Yeah. When I was a kid. Always have turkey. Very, very traditional. Um really good i remember just being you know it was the big it was the the big plate the big christmas plate the, yeah. the oval oval christmas yeah, plates I, came yeah. out over the big traditional oval christmas plates that only came out once a year yeah. came out the sideboard and all Absolutely. sorts of stuff and then the um the party butler came out the kind of heated the heated tray everyone had in the 70s i thought that, this was going to be a man i was all like <laughs> in my <laughs> just, just just got him out of the garage come on peter come on peter 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 butler <laughs> had like a butler in the buff <laughs> sorry so we got the why did i go there in there was brain? the 70s like you mean like a trolley a heated yes, trolley 70s okay. heated trolley dinner party thing came out it was just like it was the only time it ever came out i'm gonna cry <laughs> the butler peter butler sorry and oh yeah lovely just a lovely time um and then so let's go should we go on to pudding we've already kind of touched on yeah i'm just gonna go back a question and I'm going to say I'd love to hear from our listeners what their yes. main course consisted of. Like, did did you have Yorkshire puddings? Do you know what bread sauce is? Do you like it? My other half's family sometimes go for two or three types of potatoes, which I think is insane. No, just the one so, type of potato. Yeah, I think roasts are the only way, like why faff around with mashing or anything else. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you and find out what was a quintessential part of your Christmas traditions when you were a kid or even now. So we've already touched on pudding in our yeah. question of the question of the show. Yeah. Um, I just I shall regale you with one story though. I shall, I shall never forget because Granny took great delight in her Christmas pudding. She used to make it mm-hmm. with proper suet Yum. from the butcher and all sorts of stuff. Um, it was quite an amazing thing. She made I probably made it in July and boiled mm-hmm. it for 17 hours and it was just this the most amazing came in with the brandy and the fluff the fire and all this you know, great but the hot with a bit of ivy burning or holly or stuff burning on top one year though one year she forgot to put the suet in so she turned it out <laughs> it just spread it was still delicious. I bet, but did it just go... Just went, we still set it on fire, though, and ate it. It was really nice. <laughs> Setting it on fire probably helped. Yeah, it was, but she was like so, she was so upset with herself. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And you just wouldn't know. She used to get a little... Because it's in the... You, no. you cook them and prepare them in a pudding basin, so you wouldn't know until you turned it out. Literally didn't know until she turned yeah. it out. She'd been... Oh, it was one of those things. I have a friend called Mel from Uni whose family's tradition it's was a very complicated pipe... name, Mel from Uni. Is Mel she... from Uni. Is Mel from Uni her surname? <laughs> yeah. And um, her family would pipe in the pudding 
And that could be a CD of a piper, but they would hold it above their heads and there would be a procession of everyone would go and get the pudding, walk around the table and place it on the table before before anyone could get stuck into the Christmas pudding. I just love Christmas these little family great, isn't little it? things. Weird, weird I kind of want to steal that do. one. I like it. Um, would you have your pudding straight away? Because we would definitely sit down, maybe play a board game before we no, went back we'd have in to, for pudding. No, we'd have to keep stuffing the food in. Wow, Okay. Yeah, just have keep going. Keep going. Does then that mean you had something else later on in the evening? Well, the, we'd have leftovers, okay. t- turkey sandwiches, oh, okay, turkey well. and stuffing sandwiches in the evening. Turkey and stuffing well. sandwiches in the evening. So we'd and maybe the, get the celebrations out, or <laughs> it never was celebrations when we were a kid, was it? It was roses or quality streets. Roses or quality streets, and then we would have the cake later on. Okay, the cake would come out in the evening <laughs> with the turkey and stuffing sandwiches. That was the role of the cake. Wow, with all the old decorations that yeah. went back about forty years. I found one this year. Like pre-war. It says, "A Merry Christmas" on it. Not just Merry Christmas. A Merry, a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Wow. I have to take a picture of my cake and we can put it on the um, podcast. I admit, like the turkey and stuffing sandwiches are probably my favourite bit. Really. Mm. Do you know they do those in birds like all of the time? Do they? Well, it's pork and stuffing, but in birds bakery they probably have turkey at this time of year. You can go like any day it's and get really a pork the same and stuffing if it's sandwich not, like, from your own Christmas dinner. No, though, I is know. It? It's like it's almost cheating. It's like the whole point is you've you've already filled Slave yourself up, slaved slave through the dinner, and Just then you put got it to... between bread to squeeze it in. <laughs> you got to squeeze more in at about six because I was quite young. So you know, you know what it's like when you're like eight years old. You Empty can, legs. You can just keep yeah. eating. Absolutely. Um, Cheese. Uh, Cheese? No, wasn't wasn't a big cheese thing. Mm. I'm talking like this is like the early eighties. So. I've got a cheese board, and I think this year, and I think I'm going to save it for Boxing Day. So my dad will always do bubble and squeak on Boxing Day. Oh, nice! Which he spends like time in the like afternoon evening. So um, we'll have something else in the morning, and then in the afternoon evening, dad will do the bubble and squeak. And I thought I'd put the cheese board out with it. So he'll just like fry off all the veg, and then I'll just put cheese and chutneys out on the table, and people can do what they want. These days, we do cheese. Yeah. Jeez. The things of, you know, Christmas now is quite different to Christmas yeah. back then. My grandparents have passed. Yeah. Um, and now we do quite a sm- much smaller Christmas. We're small, you know, we don't travel, we stay mm. here. We don't, just like, almost like your mum, we don't do Christmas dinner anymore. Mm. We invest in a, a really nice joint mm. that we wouldn't normally go for. So this year we've got Cote de Boeuf from Harker's Farm Shop. I think we've kind of spoken about it before, but Harker's Rear slaughter and butcher and sell their own meat so it's about as ethical as you're going to get in mm. terms of food and food miles and everything else and they age it and they age it themselves a really quality piece of beef um so we will have yorkshires with that and we're gonna have potato just much simpler so just some green some potato dough from wilds um Coat de boeuf, red wine sauce for me that's what it's about if i'm going to slave mm. all day cooking mm. and for me i'm probably going to start preparing the day before I want it to be something I enjoy. So similarly, I'm doing a salmon wellington this year, um, which probably means I need less roast veggies because obviously we've got pastries. So then I'll just do one tin of like roast parsnips, carrots and potatoes to keep everyone happy and some greens. And I'm actually making life difficult for myself and doing a nut roast, but it sort of doubles as stuffing. Yeah. And then I've said to my mum and dad, if they want pigs and blankets, they can do them. (laughs) So they can go and buy them and cook them in the morning and they can... We've got pigs and blankets in the freezer already. Oh, nice. They were made a couple of months ago. Oh, that's very organised. So that can just go in, and the, when the dough from Wales goes in, they can just go in at the same time. Yeah. And we've, luckily we've got two, we've got a smaller oven and a big oven, so the beef can go in one and the mm. veg can go in another. We're going to keep it quite simple. And a nice red wine from Essen. Yeah. I believe we've also, oh, we've kind of got the same bottle. 
Yeah, we have. I don't know where mine's gone, but we do have the same bottle. And I've also bought from them a bottle of, um, I think it's actually vermouth, but I had to buy it because it says Muzz on the bottle, which is my surname. So I was like, I've got to have one of those. And we went to their... I went to the Essen Christmas Tasting Eat. This sounds like an Essen advert, not sponsored. We're just big fans. I went to their Christmas Tasting Evening and they had a sparkling red. Um, so I have got that for Christmas Day oh, to kind of open, maybe obviously not in the morning, but um, for the, like to open dinner with. So just going back to Christmas, I have Nigella's sort of round up of Christmas recipes in a book. So some of them are in Feast, some of them are in other books, but she has a specific book called Nigella Christmas, which I love. And it's got this great, it's got some stuff for like pre-Christmas get-togethers, New Year, but it's also got a big section in the middle where the pages are red, which has got all the Christmas Day stuff and she's got a timing plan. So if you're like, maybe not, like for me, catering for a lot of people is not natural. So... I turn to Nigella's timing plan. She lets you know in the margins of each recipe, it tells you if you can make it ahead and freeze it. Um, so it's really a fantastic book and I really enjoy... I mean, Nigella's great. The only thing is sometimes her recipes can have like a twist on the traditional or maybe add an extra step in. So, for example, her red cabbage has got... I think now it's got pomegranate juice in it. So actually oh, I've nice. I've turned to Mary Berry's recipe this year because I thought I don't want to buy pomegranate juice. I've already got orange juice <coughs> in the cupboard. So um, I'm making Mary Berry's red cabbage and I'm going to make that head because that can just live in the fridge and get better. If I put some cloves and star anise in it, it'll just continue to improve. So it's great. I think as you... This will be my second year on the trot holding Christmas. And I think the more you do it, the more expertise you gain, the more kind of tricks and tips you get and also you learn what you like and what you don't like what's easy what's not easy so for example i'll be cooking the centerpieces and delegating the sides yeah so i'll probably prepare both of them the day before and then on christmas morning i've kind of just got to bake them so the other people in my house can worry about all the veg which is quite nice we also have a this will be our second year of what we're now calling a tradition and that is we'll be going to lombardo's lasagna on christmas eve so if you've on not, family? Yeah, with the whole family. So six of us will be going. So if you've not listened to our episode on Lombardo's, it's definitely worthwhile going back. Um, and Ashley reminded me that we went last Christmas Eve, so now we've decided that's got to be the new tradition in our nice. household. I find the, the planning bit of that book really interesting. Yeah. Because that I think obviously trips a lot of people up, understandably, because yeah. most people don't ever normally cook for that yeah. many people. And that complicated... Yeah. That many main dishes and sides and stuff. And it made me chuckle because back when I was working full time as a designer, we had to interview to get some schedulers. And the task, the group task we set them was plan Christmas dinner. Yeah. So we had like eight people interviewing yeah. for a job. Make a spreadsheet. And we we're like, well, it was entirely up to them what tools they used. But the task was, me and my boss set it and we just went, plan a Christmas mm. dinner. That was it. You've got 45 minutes. Nice. And... Um, the person and one person absolutely nailed it. Well, they're getting the job, then, aren't they? Mm. Pretty much because they're the only person that worked backwards. Mm. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah. There you go. Or at least if you're going to do it forwards, do it forwards and then do it backwards. Yeah. And so, then, like, if you want to be know. like, okay, turkey takes three hours, potatoes take 30 minutes, blah, 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 fine. <laughs> but then you put it in your spreadsheet. Christmas spreadsheet is the way forward. I actually haven't done one this year and probably might have to do one on Christmas Eve when I start to freak out. But um, when I did a really traditional race one year, probably 
probably seven or eight years ago now, I had a, a full-on spreadsheet. A massive Gantt chart. Yeah, Gantt chart. I know I'm a project manager, but I wasn't that bad. No, I had a, <laughs> I had a sheet of A4 stuck on the, on the inside of one of the kitchen cupboards with timings and who was responsible and what had to happen. But I'm hoping if I can get ahead with most things, then it'll be fine. So just so everyone knows, Stephanie is definitely not at all bossy. <laughs> definitely. definitely. I take bossy as a compliment, actually. <laughs> definitely not bossy. There you go. There'll be no shouting on Christmas Day. So is Nigella's book freely available, still available? Yep, absolutely. Um, you can probably get it from a library if you want to have a quick look and take a photo of the timing plan bit and <laughs> take it back. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really great book. And I also really like, we might um, have some people over on New Year and so I'll, I'll revisit that book for that. Which brings me on to a, another book, actually. Um, I've completely forgotten her name. Oh, what is... Princess Catherine's sister called the one with the famously nice bun. Pippa. Pippa Middleton's book. I think it's called Celebrate. Right, you can take the piss as much as you like. No, no, it's just, just, it's just, I just find it hilarious that you looked at me and went, "He's a boy. He's going to know if I <laughs> the mention one with the, the nice bun." And I was like, "Pippa." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I said it. She does. She did have a nice bum. She probably still does. Um, I got it given to me as a gift from a friend when I was at college, and my copy is signed by Pippa herself. And um, she has, she looks at the bigger picture for celebrations. So she talks about laying the table, which when I was growing up, my mum got like bang on. That was the thing she really loved, like maybe less about the cooking, but she'd be planning the table decoration, Uh. buying the napkins, lining everything up. We had name places. Often for other celebrations, there'd be a menu on the table. So my mum was really into it and I really love this Pippa book for that. And she has some, talking of organisation, she has some like canapé or nibbly menus and she has calculations of how to work out how much you need or like, for example, she'll talk about taking the pressure off and making a like punch that you can do in advance and just put out rather than handshaking cocktails if you want to do that kind of thing. I really like her approach. I, for example, love to do a Burns Night Supper and she talks you through that. So if you've never done it before, it's got the poems in and oh, the traditions fun. and why. And it's set out throughout the year. Again, it's a really nice book to gift for yeah. somebody who's maybe into her hosting. I really enjoy it. And again, for Christmas, she's got a timing plan in there as well. But she also talks about games to do with the children, things to get people outside. I really like it for the bigger picture beyond the meal. You know, if, if cooking is not your favourite thing, but you really love to host, I think it's a great book to think about nice, what else you can do. It's a nice and different angle to come from, mm. I think, for exactly. a kind of book like that. That's quite a nice idea. And she has a nice bum. He says that as I try to take a drink. <laughs> I think um, let's look forward to um, more, you know, we're both adults now. We are not um, shackled by our parents' traditions. So for me, I really love to go to Parkrun on Christmas Day, which is, if you've not been before, it's a free 5k in your local community that you can walk, jog or run. You can run with a pram, you can walk with a pram, you can Nordic walk. And I've been doing it on Christmas Day for a few years now since I was a event director for a Parkrun. And I really love that community spirit on the day. Everybody kind of has silly hats on. Lots of people might be going at a more social pace than they normally do. Everybody wants to chat. So maybe somebody that you often run near but you never speak to, you actually catch up with. For some of the people that are there, it might be the only people they see that day. And I always try to make sure that I take, um, you know, some mulled wine or last year I took Bailey's hot chocolate because we had loads of Bailey's to get rid of (laughs) and some cups and 
like hang around afterwards chat to people or it might be that people are maybe having a more strained Christmas that they're not that excited about maybe they're you know got family members that they have to spend the day with and so this is the time that's for them and I really enjoy being part of that and it also gets you out the house in the morning you know as as we say a modern phrase get your steps up I'll probably take my mum, dad, nan and granddad this year and they'll probably just have a walk around the park. They might not even... You're going to make them run? No, they, none of them are capable of running. But, um, for example, they might walk the dog in the opposite direction and just get out in the yep. fresh air <clears throat> and work up an appetite for all the lovely stuff that's happening in the rest of the day. We're not having Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. <clears throat> so we are having Yule. Yep. As of... We're recording on Wednesday the 21st. Mm-hmm. We're going to have it tomorrow. Nice. Um, mainly based around my stepdaughter's working patterns because she's working Christmas Day mm. at a restaurant. And she said to us, I'm going to earn a gajillion dollars because it's like double time plus, you know, mega tips. Could we possibly, maybe, you know, maybe possibly, possibly maybe think about not doing it on Christmas Day? And we were like, absolutely fine. So we're going to do it tomorrow. Mm, our, a big feed up and then Christmas day we're just going to have a mega curry yes which I really like making so me and Joe are going to make curry together nice <clears throat> um, but that's in, again in the evening because everyone's going to come back at about four so I'm going to go for a bike ride lovely when the roads are dead mm. annoyingly not annoyingly of course none of the cafes will be open mm. so a nice little short one yeah I might take a mince pie out with me or something. Yeah. But it'd be lovely just to go for a spin on Christmas Day when the roads are quiet and yeah, and have a nice time out. If it's nice on Boxing Day, I might drag you out for a second one. Yeah, sounds good. Escape from the family. Right. And the Cafe Nero's are open on the 26th. Are they? So we could plot a Cafe Nero to get to. We could go to... How far is... Melton Mowbray's quite far, isn't it? It's quite far. That's quite far. But it's anyway, far. we could uh, do a little jolly. Um, but I think that's... I like to get, to get out. When I was running more, I used to like the, the kind of yeah. Christmas Day run. Yeah. Not necessarily part run, but just getting out and seeing yeah. the other nutters. But everyone had their nice new Christmas yeah. watch And maybe a jacket. Santa hat on and everybody says Merry Christmas. It's yeah. nice, isn't like, it? Oh, new shoes. Oh, yeah, I've got new shoes today. Yeah. Oh, nice jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah I've got that today. Yeah. That's why it's quite sweet. Yeah, really nice. The other exercise addicts, you can just wave to each other. She's very pleasant. But actually, I like... I'm... I like... I think everybody takes it easier. <clears throat> yeah. I'm and maybe have... even if you're not a runner, you might be persuaded to go out and because you're staying with people that are, to go out and do a little jog and you might die a bit halfway around, but actually that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah, I think it's good. Because you're going to be eating and drinking, so it's going to be good to get yourself... Fresh air. A bit of fresh air. Even if you get out for a good hike or a good walk, fresh air is, is always good. We used to go for a constitutional if nothing else on, yeah. after Christmas dinner absolutely well and you and I both have dogs now and so you don't really have a choice no <laughs> we're, going, we're going for a walk and actually last year we ended up I live quite near a main road and so we walked down and it was dead yeah and it was really icy so actually we walked down the main road because the grit had gone on the path oh right okay so it made it easier to walk my dad's not that um, always that stable on his feet um, and so we didn't have to worry so much then yeah it was really good I enjoyed getting out and just... There's some really good houses near me with really good lights and so I want to have a little walk and show people the lights. And give them points. They seem to have all gone up this weekend. I think maybe people are putting off putting them up because of their lecky bills. Yeah. But there's definitely looking good but last people night. People are just like broken and just gone mm. through it. Like, no, I really miss them. Yeah. 
Yeah. But actually, maybe they feel more special going up for just like a week or a week and a half. I really like that. I sadly was away for a very special event at one of our favourite little places, Totally Tapped, recently, and I didn't get to enjoy it. It was a stout tasting event. I love stout. I especially love some of Totally Tapped stouts. And... Um, Tom went, and so I'd like Tom to tell us about it so I need, that I can live vicariously through him. I need to declare an interest. What? Um, my partner Joe catered for this event. Whoop, whoop, go Joe! So, so I, need to, I need to declare. <clears throat> Don't really need to, but I feel like I should. So, yes, so Totally Tapped, our local micropub and brewery, craft brewery, hosted a stout tasting evening with food pairing. Now, the stouts are have been barrel-aged, mm-hmm. so they produced about a... A 10, 11% stout, beginning of the year, beginning of 2022. Then they went into bourbon and cherry brandy barrels. Wow. In which they'd been in there for about 10 months. Wow. And then they, some of the water evaporates off and the ABV goes up. So they were about 12, 13%. The angel chef. <laughs> Quite nice. Um, and then they had some flavours added to them as well. Now, were they... Adjuncts. Yes. Adjunct. Oh, I remember the word, guys. I'm learning. Uh, let, explain what an adjunct is again. Well, adjunct. So you take a you take a normal beer, mm-hmm. and if you anything which is made, you know, water, mm-hmm. barley, hops, mm-hmm. right? Fundamentally, anything you add to that, so you know, mango pulp or any other crazy stuff that they add to these these days, is an adjunct. And some people get a bit snooty about adjuncted beers, um, but you know. Imperial, and these are imperial strength stouts. So anything, imperial is generally anything ten percent and over. Mm-hmm. So you've got or an impy, impy, impy. If you're in the if you're in the know, an impy. These are impy stouts with loads of adjuncts in them. Then barrel aged in bourbon or Ad- adjuncts after the barrel aging. No, the adjuncts go in then the barrel aged. Okay. So and they're so really. So talk us through the six stouts. Four stouts. Four, sorry, four stouts. I'm gonna have to get. The internet up. It took quite a long time for us to prepare for because Joe was doing a food pairing with each stout. So mm-hmm. we needed to work out what to put with each stout. Did you get to taste them in advance? Mm, only one of them. That's hard. So it was quite hard. We had to kind of guess because mm. they hadn't really... They, they only put it in cans a few days before to keep mm-hmm. it as fresh as possible. Yeah. Um, and the other complication was when they advertised it, they didn't specify any food when they, so when they advertised the evening, they didn't specify any dietary requirements. So the uh, first few people that booked were all vegan. Okay. And so we were kind of... Adds another element? Adds another element. We weren't, like, totally annoyed by it. We're like, okay, that's just really interesting. Mm. Uh, so we ended up looking for... I say we. I'm going to say we a lot, actually. <laughs> my partner, Joe, that basically did 90% of the work. <clears throat> so we ended up having to make everything vegan, which wasn't really a problem. It was just... A bit of a challenge because we don't. Yeah, something else to think about. Yeah. Um, So Joe has recently, partly because of this partnership, we've gone through the process of having our kitchen health checked. Yeah. So we've got a five health rating now. Yeah. In a domestic kitchen, which is maybe something if you're interested, we can talk about Mm -hmm. the process because it's not as complicated as you might think. Yeah. But there is a lot of steps to go through, and you've got to do it carefully. Absolutely, and I've run a um, cafe before and so I've had to go through... It's a bit like if anybody works in a school or has friends that work in a school, it's the same kind of dread you feel about Ofsted is how you feel about the environmental health rating because no matter how hard Mm. you try, sometimes it can just not go your way 
something random can happen. <laughs> she was super delighted to get five because um, we want to do a bit more catering and bar yeah. snacks and things like that. So we did that. So the first one, as they arrived, they just gave us a can of um, fairly normal Papa Jangles, which mm-hmm. is their normal like 5% stout. Yeah. So it was already already happily along the way. And we paired that with a um, flower pot porcini bread mm. with balsamic vinegar and olive oil. So if you've not had flower pot bread, you effectively bake your bread. Rather than using a loaf tin, you bake it in a terracotta flower pot. It's a little like individual portion one, kind of the same size as a normal water glass. Yeah, these were like sli- a half pint glass. These were slightly bigger, so they're flatter and rounder. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe put a picture up. Yeah. On the pod, um, and we gave half. We cut that into quarters and gave people half each. Mm-hmm. But the you get a really amazing crust in a flower yeah. pot. Really beautiful crust. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the heat of the terracotta pot really bakes the bread really mm. nicely. And the porcini porcini powder. It's actually porcini powder and porcini mushrooms in the bread as well. Wow. So that was pretty phenomenal. Um, so that was paired with just one of their normal stouts. So we already had one stout. Then the first actual first course, first chapter, was a double Madagascan, double Madagascan vanilla bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. So they added a load of Madagascan vanilla wow. into a bourbon. Yeah. So you can kind of imagine that vanilla-y, bourbon-y, yeah. bourbon-y stout. And we paired that with a chickpea and cannellini bean empanada. Mm. Served with chili jam. Like a little pasty, if you've not had one of those before. Yeah, like a little Mexican thing, folded pasty. Nice. And really nice kind of bean mix, worked really well with the with the vanilla yeah. in the stout. That took quite a lot of working out, that one. I was going to say, people often think of vanilla as only a sweet flavour, but it can actually go, it's not sweet if you try it on its own, and it can go both ways. And I think you could do that same event again, serve that beer last and do it with something... Maybe even like an ice cream, and it would taste completely different. different. So it worked, actually worked really well. I was really impressed with that one. Um, that's possibly my favourite of the stouts. Oh, okay. Uh, and Joe made the chili jam as well, so she makes her own chili jam, wow. which she definitely had this morning on her breakfast, mm-hmm. which she was, was quite, quite excited about. Had quite a lot of it. And the empanadas. We ended up buying a tortilla press. Oh, okay. Because it's something we possibly want to do a lot more of, yeah. certainly bar snacks wise. Yeah. Rolling out little things, a bit of a pain. Tortilla yeah. press, done. One, one and done. Um, second course yeah. was a banana and coconut apricot brandy, barrel aged imperial stout. That's a lot of flavour. So, banana, so it's had fresh banana, roasted coconut into an apricot brandy. Ah, uh, okay, I'm with you now. So it's not got an apricot adjunct. Okay, so it's kind of pina colada vibes. Yes, very much. Uh, we paired that with a banana and apricot muffin with sticky apricot jam. The sticky mm. apricot jam was made with apricot brandy as well. So there you're bringing up the apricot flavours that are actually like two steps removed from the beer, but you're bringing them back with the food pairing. Yeah, we really ramped up the apricot with that nice. one. Um, and again, we used some apricot brandy in the sticky jam, made little sticky jam to go on top. Lovely. And there were vegan muffins. And there were a little vegan muffins end up being a bit denser than normal muffins. Yeah. Uh, but it worked really well. Yeah. And it's kind of denser, but they're also tend, tend to be, because they're denser and there's fruit in there, they were very moist as well. Yeah. So that worked really well. They were absolutely outstanding. Um, people were getting quite full at this point. So we're getting, <laughs> yeah, two, thirds of, we're getting two thirds of a pint of this stuff. Yeah. So we were getting so full also, and a bit drunk. And pretty drunk. Can you record it next time and we'll put some <laughs> of people's uh, live reactions to the food on the podcast? I should have done one of those. I did take stuff and I was just I got so into the. You got so drunk, you mean? <laughs> 
No, it was nice because... You just you wanted to not be working. I wanted to not be working. Yeah. It was the first time Tapped have really done an event like that since lockdown because yeah. they used to do tasting evenings and then lockdown happened. Okay. With the plague and they've kind of stopped doing that. So it was a yeah. big... It was kind of a quite a big deal for them and quite a big deal for everyone. And it was also yeah. a lot of our friends no one just were there. So we're just having a really nice time and chatting and eating and exactly what they wanted the event to be. Yeah, exactly. All right, and then the final one, which was dessert... Was a cherry bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. So it was a, again a, a bourbon barrel aged, and then they put a load of fresh cherries in as an adjunct, mm. and that was paired with a soaked cherry and chocolate fudge brownies. Mm. So the cherries were soaked in that stout. We did get a can of that. So the cherries oh, wow. were soaked in that stout to really wow. bring out the taste. Fresh or dried cherries? They were dried, mm. so they were nice. rehyd- rehydrated in the stout. The stout. Oh. Um, Flavor bomb. Joe did a vegan pastry base to the brownie to give it a bit of crunch. Oh, wow, okay. And then put the brownie mixture on top. Again, completely wow. vegan recipe. Um, that was really good. They were mm. so rich, though. Mm. That was like, that was so rich. One of the nice things about doing the vegan stuff is we didn't tell anyone. No. Didn't say anything at any point. If anyone asked, we said suitable for vegans. But yeah. we didn't advertise it as vegan friendly. We didn't, we didn't say this is a vegan brownie. No one noticed cared it's just a delicious food it doesn't matter how you've cooked it that's your choice and they were talking about making a big noise about it and i was just just don't because it it puts some fuddy-duddies off and it doesn't matter yeah they think that vegan means less flavor but actually you'd be surprised in your day-to-day life there'll be some foods that just happen to be vegan that you don't even realize and this is a good example of that i think the only thing you would probably notice was that the pastry wasn't because you can't use butter and you can't egg wash yeah um, but actually, for kind of pick up and eat, because we didn't have loads of plates and napkins yeah. and stuff, for pick up and eat, not having crunchy, flaky pastry was probably yeah. a good thing in the end. Less messy. And a bit more pliable, and it actually ended up working out really well. And I suspect yeah. actually real Mexican and others aren't made with a shitload of butter anyway. No, probably oil, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. Made a, Absolutely. Made a lot more sense. Yeah, and um, there's some cultures where dairy isn't as much of a thing, like you look at Japanese cuisine mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, overall, a really wonderful evening. Um, I think probably just the vibe yeah. uh, was really nice. Really, Lots of people being really excited. Um, the food was wonderful. Beer was pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't like, didn't blow my mind. I think the thing is they've got their Jangles range of stouts. So Papa Jangles, Nana Jangles is so good. And people love it that then you've got, okay, this is going to be flavour explosions and really different. And maybe actually there's only so far you can go with flavour and things like that. I think almost there was too, we gave, <laughs> it sounds bad, we almost got too much beer. Yeah, maybe thirds would have been fine. And we were fine, yeah. two thirds plus the food. Yeah. And it was coming out quite fast. Yeah. So we were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the thing to think about next time is just pace and making sure that people have got water on the table so that they can like cleanse their palate a bit in between. Uh, there was water going out. They were like, yeah. to save your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep yourself hydrated. Um, but it was, I think it was 22 50 which was an bargain. absolute bargain. Um, it sounds to me like they firstly need to put it up to at least £30 next time, and secondly, that we will share it with all our listeners ahead of time so we can get some food did, glue fans there. We did it on a Thursday. We sold out in about four hours. Wow. Um, so, yes, I think mm. people have been looking forward to this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was kind of Joe's first big official gig. Because she's cooked for them before, but on an ad hoc yeah. basis. But this was her first dual headline, and she was like on the menu and in, in all the primary material as as, as Joe cooking. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so it was her first really big deal. So yeah, interest declared, but I think she did 
amazingly well. The food was incredible. I can't wait to try and the next quite, one. Quite a difficult brief as well yeah. to match all those beers, three of which which you hadn't actually. And tasted. all very similar, really. Yeah. So really bring out, try and bring out the notes of the food. We spent a lot of time thinking about it, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and awful for me, I had to test and taste everything <laughs> like for about two weeks beforehand. <laughs> it was potentially why I just what switched off when I got there. I just had to be like, no, I've been working on this for so long, actually. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I can't want, talk about it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to work tonight. I just want to enjoy myself. Fair enough. That sounds like an amazing and was there, evening. And we told her not to no, sit down. We delivered the food to them. They dealt with it. Yeah. Sit down, enjoy yourself, have a nice time. Eat, yes. your, eat your own food and enjoy it. Nice. Super. Thanks for sharing. I, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, hopefully they'll do some more. There's um, more business owners were there and saw her work, so hopefully she'll be doing some more pairing evenings in other places. Fingers crossed. To be confirmed. Lovely. We're on the very um, final countdown to Christmas now and we've talked a lot about Christmas traditions on Christmas Day. Are there any kind of other food and drink things that you, you know, I talked about going out for lasagna on Christmas Eve. Is there anything else over the festive period that you feel has has to be done? I used to do that kind of, we used to have turkey curry a lot. Yeah, nice. Um, that kind of, I think the leftover food is almost more interesting <laughs> Absolutely. Than, the, than the dinner. Maybe not now because we've gone to the joint of yeah. beef that we really want and we're going to cook it the way we want to do but certainly in the past it used to be almost the leftover food was more i t- touched on the turkey and stuffing sandwiches yeah. and then the turkey curry and then yeah. all that kind of stuff i think it's i think we live a very different lives now because almost because of technology we can live quite far apart from our loved ones yeah. i think the core thing about christmas we're not doing christmas we're doing yule but i think the core thing is spending time with people that you love and that you care about and i think that's the tradition of Christmas for me, because I'm not religious, is it's that time you reach out and connect with people. And I think that's the thing I really enjoy. And that's a really nice segue to say we're really privileged to have reached out and connected with all of you and to be in your ears this week when we've all got a lot going on. And we really hope to speak to you a lot more in 2023 and bring you some great more interviews with food suppliers and producers that we love and bring you more great news about food and drink and all the things that bring us together in the local area in the next coming year. So thanks very much for sticking with us. She's been Stephanie. And he's been Tom. Keep on eating. And we will too. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Food Glue. Please subscribe to us and share us with all of your friends, family, your nan, your dog, whoever. We would love to hear from you via our Instagram at foodgluepod or you can email us foodgluepod at gmail.com and if you've got some spare time please do rate and review us on your favorite podcast player because it helps other people to find us